Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, Tuesday, April 18th, uh, a lot of fireworks going off in the city, but we have something way more important to talk about, and that is Barry Law and ESGR Patriot. These are all awards. Vet Index, Department of Labor, Platinum Medallion. John Barry, thanks for coming in. Jack, thanks so much for having me. You, in one way, are having to educate me on some of these things, and I'm always so thankful that there's someone like you with your vet service and your entire firm and really how you just are a watchdog for veterans in all of our kind of rights, especially medical, but anything really. And sometimes when it comes to awards that A, you give out or you receive as a law firm, it can go by folks' heads. And I think it's important that people understand the good work you guys are doing. Well, thanks. And I, you know, we, we feel the same way that you have to broadcast these things if you want to get people involved and you want to share the message. And, Look, we were both active duty, and I, I got out, and uh, actually, we were both at Al-Assad probably around the same yeah. time. I was there in 2005, yeah. Yeah. and uh, you know, I was an active duty infantry soldier, then I was a Nebraska National Guard soldier, and you know, when I, when I got into the Guard, I started to realize that there's a lot of talent here. There are mm-hmm. a lot of talented people in IT, sales, marketing, and yeah. all the things that I needed to build my firm, and they come with batteries included because right. they've served their country. They know how to work as a team, and so I was... As I, uh, you know, my time in the Guard, I realized, like, wow, veterans are probably our nation's greatest resource. And I want more of them on my team. And that's how we did what we did. And, and the, the awards are a byproduct. But the reality is I don't do this because I'm some type of humanitarian on a mission. I do this because it gives me an unfair competitive advantage. Well, you're you're a sympathetic patriot and American, too. And you, you fill a lot of the gaps that sometimes happen in the proceedings, whether it be medical or um, if there's courts and trials of different things. And you've really set a brand where there's a need. And... Honestly, the veteran community is like all communities. It's a great community, uh, but there's a lot of needs uh, across a whole lot of things that you guys are helping, will help, and it's good to be recognized. And you're right. Um, we had a talk about the fine sand and the bunkers of Al-Assad. You know, anybody that's been there understands that. Um, but I also like your quote about, you know, what I consider to be the true citizen soldiers, which are the Guard and the Reserve. You know, when you're active duty, you're just kind of stuck in that bubble. Um, but the Guard and the Reserve folks, you know, have that dual life um, and they have experience and everything. And so it's smart to build a workforce around that. Um, but it's also probably smarter to incorporate giving back and using your expertise to help the whole veteran community. Absolutely. And, you know, we we want to be heroes to our heroes. Right. And so part of it is absolutely our mission is to help veterans. But what I found is when you hire veterans and you're building a team, right, nothing scales like leadership. And if you have leaders who can build other leaders, that gives you a distinct advantage in any business area. And that's the message I want to share, not just in you know the area sure. of law or IT or finance, but having a team who knows what it means to commit to a mission mm-hmm. and to commit to each other and, and People you can rely on every day, people you had to rely on uh, yeah. to save your life, and people who relied on you to save their life. And, and you think about uh, what it's like to build that coming into an organization brand new. It's very difficult. Right. But if we can build a culture with people who know 
what it means to serve, and who want to continue to serve, it's so much easier. It's like starting a race with a head start. And so I really hate the way we've stigmatized our veterans, marginalized them, and said, well, they're, you know, they have PTSD, and there's the 22 suicides a day, and we hear all the negative stuff in right. the news. But the reality is, my heroes, the greatest people I've worked with, the people I have learned from, have all been veterans. Yeah. No, well said. I mean, there's a balance there where... Um, I think sometimes, uh, particularly mental health and stuff, veterans become kind of the face of it. The reality is a lot of people have those issues, but the one thing veterans have is is literally these days and most times they're war horses and workhorses, and they know what team means and they know what mission focus means. And so, um, yeah, it's it's a beautiful vision. Tell me about ESGR Patriot. Yeah, and, so and, and exactly what that is and. What it means. Sure. So it's the employer support of the Guard and Reserve. So I was an active duty soldier and I finished out my 20 years in the Nebraska National Guard. And so this is, this is an award that uh, is for companies that not only just support the, the, the soldier mm-hmm. or Marine in their Guard or Reserve duty, but additionally uh, have programs to make sure that they're trained and to recruit them. And so uh, we get nominated by team members. And almost every year, one of our team members will nominate us because we allow our guardsmen uh, and, and reservists to double dip. We're going to keep paying them while they're doing their, their service, yeah. and we're not going to penalize them if they deploy. And quite frankly, under the law, you cannot do right, that. Right. Uh, but it's amazing that, uh, you know, like I said, this is an advantage. And people see, oh, I'm hiring people in the Guard and Reserve, and they're going to be gone on weekends. No, like, that's the reason to hire them. The government is paying to educate these warriors, to teach them how to work as a team. And, you know, warrior ethos to us is not about probably what people think about you and me uh, carrying weapons. Yeah. It, you know, it, it's about really getting knocked down and then getting back up with the help of your team. And we all get knocked down in life. Sure. But when you have that warrior ethos, we're not it's not Russell uh Crow in a loincloth in the stadium, right? This is about a four-man stack kicking in the door, taking the objective and making sure everybody's okay and making sure their families are okay. Yeah, and it's it's also about training missions where the same thing goes on. People get hurt in training missions, emergencies happen and you have to be able to deal with them. Um, you know, just as a normal everyday thing. Um, yeah, and that's, that's gotta feel good when your, you know, your own people recognize that effort, um, under that title of ESGR and, you know, say, yeah, I'm proud of, you know, my group, my team, and I want to see them rewarded for that, you know? Yeah, and look, guys like you that did the 20 years straight, you know, you don't always get to see that, what happens in, in the Garden Reserve and some of the talent that comes in. I mean, there are young men and women who have their masters and PhDs who are enlisted soldiers who got that program to pay for their school, right? They, they did yeah. march for free college. They marched in the sands. They marched, yeah. you know, on, they did the road marches. They did what they had to do to earn that college education and, and now they're paying it off. And, you know, I, I get a lot of times I get young people that talk about, well, I want to know what my purpose is and my mission is. And I, and I got to tell you that I always say, well, if you want to know, just enlist or better yet, become an officer and really experience that. But if you can commit to that, right, you can commit to being part of a team. That's why we love to hire veterans. And once again, there are, yeah, there's a lot of issues facing veterans. You know, Mm -hmm. as you, I have a lot of peers, friends who suffered from burn pits, uh, you know, who deal with PTSD. Uh, These are all guys I served with. And Camp Lejeune. Camp Lejeune. Yeah. Well, I'm too young for that, but, uh, but I do know people that have served there and and we're representing them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, when, through our VA disability benefits, uh, practice where we help veterans appeal we get to hear these war stories that are just amazing and you get to hear about you know just the perseverance and and the great thing is you know for the veterans on our team that are helping other veterans 
for a lot of them, it's very comforting, right? Yeah. And, 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 you know, sometimes we don't like to talk about these things. And I don't want to go talk to some stranger, but I'm happy to talk to another veteran about what happened. And, and then I like that we can share, hey, by the way, you earned some benefits that the government is not giving you. Let us help you. Yeah, I, you know, it's a great model. It's, it's, I always feel weird as well. Like, I, I don't know how to describe it. And it's not saying veterans are better or anybody's worse. It's just there's a shared experience which almost immediately veterans identify in, in some weird kind of code. And we feel more comfortable expressing certain things that we have to work through. Um, and so having a group like you guys at Barry Law and your experience and then having all the veterans, it, it's important because it's needed. And I don't know why that is. I just know that there is a special brotherhood, sisterhood, kinship that goes with that where we for, feel more comfortable talking about, you know, the issues of service, the issues of the day, issues of raising our family, or going back and saying, geez, I don't think the VA got my disability right. You know, I need some help. And you guys do that. Yeah, and it, you know, it goes back to, I first saw this, my father used to go to the Nebraska Vietnam Veterans Reunions. My father's a Vietnam vet, and it was amazing to me the. The, the, the relationships that he had with people who, who he'd never met before. Right. And they would start talking. It turned out they were both, you know, in the same part of Vietnam at the same time. Right. And they were willing to share stories and, you know, have a dinner together and talk. And I do think it's like instant culture, right? When you have that common background, when you've served, maybe you didn't serve together, but you served, uh, you know, in the same vicinity or you, you've been to the same bases and you can explain and you, you made the same commitment. There's just this yeah. feeling of unity that I think most companies in America, yeah. Beg for that culture, yeah. and we get it instantly with well, veterans. Well, I know for me, I feel like a bull in a china closet, unless I'm around other veterans, yes. and I just feel like I'm a no- normal other veteran, you know, excited, passionate person. Pretty interesting. Uh, vet, in- vet Index is another one that you guys have gotten as well. Yeah, and once again, that's more for recruiting, hiring, uh, and training veterans. And, you know, look, as we learned in the military, you're only as good as your training. I think it's the Navy SEALs, actually, that say, right? You're not, you don't uh, rise to the occasion. We get credit for a lot of right. things these days, <laughs> but um, I can't even keep count. I think everybody, though, knows that served, that that's a, a, a reality of how it is. You're, you're as good as your training, or in the case that we like to say, you know, you don't rise to the occasion, you fall back on your training. Absolutely. And, and that's so true. And so, why wouldn't we train our people? I mean, everything we're getting awards for are common sense things, and they're common sense in the military, right? Training is the difference between life and death. Mm-hmm. And so we train hard, we train realistically. And so when, when a lot of these award criteria come out, they're like, wait a minute, we're already doing this. Right. And we're training because we're trying to train leaders for our future. Look, they ask, if you want to ask me, who's the best lawyer at Barry Law? My answer is, we haven't hired her yet, right? <laughs> because we're going to keep getting better. And, and, and you get better training. But you did training. say it was going to be a female. So that, uh, that tells me, Freudian slip, you've got a lot of great female lawyers on your Oh, staff. we have phenomenal. Well, all of our, all of our lawyers are phenomenal. Um, but yeah, but, but once again, I mean, and, and it's just like the military, right? I mean, you serve with, uh, you know, it's, it's funny in today's political climate, all the stuff that goes on, but in the military, when you have, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're female, male, doesn't matter. You're, your sexual preference, where you came from, you're all on the team. I mean, yeah. and look, if you want to solve the problem in America, do what they did to us. When you go to basic training and you got 16 dudes in the shower who have yeah. been from all over the parts of the country and you got one bar of soap and three minutes to shower, yeah. guess what? Boundaries come down pretty quick. Yeah, you know, your more. prejudices go away. You guys uh, yeah. got to work together. I always used to say just it's about the standards and it's about learning and growing and uh, whether a dog, cat, whatever, uh, we'll take you because it's, it's just about having the standards, training to them and doing it. Uh, Department of Labor gave you one as well. 
Yeah, so this is the, uh, and, and I, you know, this is uh, 2022, but this was the uh, uh, platinum, platinum medallion. Yeah, and yeah. once again, this is the National Department of Labor, so it's a federal program, and once again, it's recognizing hiring veterans. Yeah. And I, all these things are out there, and all, I just wish more companies would realize, like, right. look, hiring veterans is not like you're doing the veteran a favor. Create a culture. You're doing your team a favor by right. hiring veterans and getting that that attitude on your team. That, hey, we can do this, that I am not going to quit, that I will not let a comrade fail. Right. I I just think that once again, that these awards are important because they're educating the public on the value of our veterans and and they're getting away from the narrative of the problems veterans have, but sticking to the reality, which is our veterans have proven themselves. Yeah. I mean, I think you have, as you clearly stated, you you have experience, which kind of gives you an in-house cheat to understand it. And therefore you, you get it. And Barry Law has been living that and doing that really probably since its inception, you know, just understanding. But I, I do like that, you know, you're encouraging everybody to look to the veteran population for added assets to their team and mission, whatever that may be, you know, in our capitalistic society. And I do think that oftentimes people, um, you might, might have uh, one and done veteran. And, you know, of course, there's going to be issues always veteran or people. So they, sure. they have people. But by and large, you don't go wrong with investing in and bringing in veterans to be part of your workforce, whatever you do. Yeah, not every veteran's going to be the right hire for your team, but you make a practice of it, and that's the most important thing, yeah. is making a practice of it. Absolutely. Uh, John Barry from Barry Law is on. We're talking about some of the awards that they have received. Uh, we're going to take a break here in a second, and we'll come back and uh, finish up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, folks, they're doing it right over at Barry Law, not just with hiring of veterans and, and retaining and training, but all the things they do in their legal capacity to support veterans, not just here in the state, but the region and nation. 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. John, we just have about two minutes. I just want to kind of give you the mic uh, and, you know, go ahead and. Tell us. I mean, I've given you shouts out. You, shout out to Barry Law and, and what you do. Um, these awards are special, but like you said, it's just kind of common sense. And um, and I just I just want you to kind of, as we like to say, you know, talk to the audience. Yeah, well, you know, I, people talk about the sacrifice that veterans made, but the reality is, like, for many of us, I'm grateful for the opportunities. I mean, I went to the College of William Mary, got an ROTC scholarship. Uh, you know, I, I look at all the training I had. I think I was an 05 lieutenant colonel. I think a commander's an 05 in the Navy, yeah, if I recall we're correctly. The same. So we got a lot of great training. Command yeah. General Staff College, uh, a yeah. lot of great training, a lot of great experiences. Do you feel like I do that uh, the service gave me more than I gave it? Absolutely. And But I think you get out what you put in. Yeah. And if you go in all in to serve, and this is why we, we recruit veterans, because we want people who have been there, who know what it means to commit to something, raise their hand and go all in because I got out what I put in and then some. And it's yeah. kind of funny. As I leave here tonight, I'm actually going to interview a veteran. Awesome. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, this is a veteran that, that I met while in service. Okay. And now this person I think would be a great fit for our team. And so, you know, look, I go to military recruiters all the time and yeah. say, hey, who, if you have somebody with these skill set, I would love to have that. When I was the battalion commander in the guard, the officer and warrant officer candidate school, I had, there was recruiters that were recruiting for me. And I was like, wait a minute. Once I get out, right. I should be going to them to find out who are the civilians yeah. that I should be recruiting. And it's yeah. really worked well. I've been very, 
lucky and I'm humbled by uh, the opportunities I've been given by the military and meeting people like you, Commander Jack, who also served our country uh, yeah. honorably. And uh, it, you know, there's no greater feeling than having a winning team. And I remember being a second lieutenant and wanting to go back to that feeling of just showing up every morning, yeah. motivated to serve with my team. And that's why we hire veterans. Yeah, you bring it every day and so does your team. I appreciate your time, John, coming on. Thank you so much. All right, folks, uh, we'll be back. Uh, 1,499.3 KLIN. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1,499.3 KLIN. Folks, you know uh, here on Drive Time Lincoln, uh, sometimes it's a dynamic show because of Husker baseball or Husker sports, and today we've got a little more free time today. We've actually got the back half of the show. Uh, really enjoyed having uh, John Barry from Barry Law Firm on. Uh, talking about the awards uh, that they've received over there over the years, the ESGR Patriot, the Vet Index, and the Department of Labor's Platinum Medallion. I mean, if you heard John in the first segment, uh, really he's talking about the built-in advantages of hiring veterans, and most of their awards uh, kind of circle around that. Um, and, of course, their mission you know, through law is obviously helping uh, – uh, veterans, both not just with claims, but with personal injury and things like that. Um, so, um, yeah, really, really good to see. And I, he's got a great message. Uh, their whole team has a great message, but uh, it's something everybody can take. I'm your host, Jack Riggins, uh, restoring American values and bringing common sense to the capital city. Johnny Cadillac producing the show. I wanted to get to John Barry so fast in the first segment that I know I skipped over that. And all Johnny has to do is stand at attention, and I know where we're supposed to be at in the show. Johnny, I appreciate that. Um, you're always a, a good behind-the-board guy and, and keep us honest here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, folks, I always love having the call lines open. So, I mean, we do have 20 minutes, and ha- happy uh to open the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Or the text line, same thing, Rick Stein Recognition Text Line. Uh, a lot of you out there um, always have a lot of good takes. I think um, it is a Twitter Tuesday, um, and there has been, as there always is, a lot of Twitter action around election times. And we'll leave it at that. But And I don't remember who. I generally don't respond unless it's your real name. Um, you know, so like, you know, Humpty Dumpty Cat, one, two, three, four, five, I generally don't respond to. But if it's your real name, I, I, I try. Um, every once in a while, if I do respond to an interesting name, it's more usually just for my own satire and giggles. Um, but somebody brought up a good question um, with regard to my stance on... Uh, crime and and how I communicate about it and talk about it, not on this show, but also out in public and in the social media space. And um, and they they said give give me examples of deteriorating um, crime and or um, left agendas in this city. And so I thought that was a fair one, not really easy to put into a Twitter handle. Um, But I thought, let me just go back to essentially when I started this radio show, which is about two years ago. And I've said multiple times that the impetus of interest, both at my part and KLIN having an opening in Drive Time Lincoln, was that many concerned citizens uh, were consistently talking to me about the riots. 
and I have admitted that I was very naive um, about the riots we had in this city uh, around uh, Black Lives Matter and woke and and whatever else was going on in that time frame in American history, um, because I think I was like a lot of you. I assume that living in the Midwest and living here in Lincoln, Nebraska, you know, we are the best of the best of everything and our values are always similar and that nothing like that could ever happen here. I see it on the nightly news with, you know, Portland back then. Um, I see it with Seattle. I see it sometimes in Chicago you know, but again, I would not really translate that to my home here in Lincoln, Nebraska. And so to that person, whoever they were, asking me for some examples, I'll just go through four that I think are very telling both of the general feeling. And I'm when I say feeling, folks, that's an opinion of mine. Um, that I hear a lot and that I have observed since taking the radio show along with, you know, in safety and, and our handling as a city of our police force and what I consider to be far left agendas being pushed on this city and this county. So let's just start there because it's not too long ago. We had a right. I hope everybody can agree to that. We had a riot. And in that riot, there was at least 10 million plus property damage. I've heard anything from 10 to 11 to 14. So in that window, folks, that's a lot of property damage. That's not just a broken window. Johnny's called in and said it was the cops that did it. I think that was laughable. So, on top of that, when you dig a little deeper, well, our mayor sided with the rioters. So, the chief executive of our city supported and sided and sat with the rioters. Now, she may have had her own reasons, and she may have put that out to the city then. I wasn't on the radio I don't know. I haven't seen it. But in the end, I don't think that's the right call. When you have officers being doused with gasoline, bottles that are full of gasoline being thrown at them, and then fireworks being shot at them, does that sound like a good situation in Lincoln, Nebraska? This is the part where I say bringing common sense to the capital city. Does that incident and having the senior executive of your city, your elected senior official, sitting and supporting the rioters, does that sound like what you want in Lincoln, Nebraska? It doesn't for me. I've talked a lot about the homicide rate, and everybody goes crazy Because on all sides of the political argument, we can all pull stats and show stats that boost ours. 
But I tend to focus on the murder rate, the homicide rate. And our homicide rate went up over 100% last year. Our homicide rate is on pace with five already this year to break last year's record. That's not a good thing. I can go down to other stats and other stats, and then somebody can go, well, what about this stat? It's down. Yeah. Nobody has said on this show or anywhere around town that our police aren't doing a good job. Nobody said our police aren't doing a good job. Just the opposite. Our police are doing a phenomenal job with less. And that has always been my contention. So that would be point number three. Because one of the things I've always done on this show since day one is talk about our police manning numbers. And I am talking about the numbers of street officers. Everybody in that business or my former line of business in the U.S. military knows that adding headquarters people, adding people that do paperwork and can talk to the press and more management doesn't actually give you the deterrence and the response times on the ground. Okay? So... As I have said before, the FBI recommends 2.0 or two officers per 100,000. And most towns and cities never get to that. And while other communities like Omaha and Grand Island are up around 1.617, we are at 1.1. And we have been trending backwards. I believe that is not positive. I believe that that puts more stress on each individual officer. It puts stress on the system. And I commend them for working with essentially that kind of one-leg tied dynamic, which is a dynamic that can be solved between coordination with the police headquarters and the mayor and the city council and budgets. And I know that they've been trying to make inroads, but it is a simple fact that we don't have enough officers on the street. Traffic enforcement has been reallocated to other more important things. Well, that leads to less public safety because I wish you and I would respect the driving laws and be a defensive, safe driver. But the fact is, we need a reminder of squad cars on patrol, in presence, that tell us, hey, go the speed limit. Hey, don't drive 10 feet behind that guy in front of you. Don't text. Don't be, you know, on phone calls. That is part of it. So, riots, the murder rate, the way we are handling or trying to either rebuild or do policing in a new way with less numbers, I don't agree with. And then I think the last one, which sums it up really nicely, because when you talk about number one riots, where do we see this type of behavior? In far-left cities. 
cities dominated by left-leaning politicians. Where do we see murder rates increasing and violence like that? We see that in far-left cities. Where do we see new ideas in policing, not necessarily that work, but that are just the social cool thing at the time? We see them in far-left cities. And then we have this. Can anyone, anyone on any side of the political aisle, tell me why Lancaster County, including Lincoln, and the county commissioners along with the mayor, still have us in a COVID emergency declaration? Has anyone ever thought to ask and put pressure and say why why are we still in that and why does it make sense and why is this good for you and me because the common sense test tells every single person in this county in this city that there is no reason for that and it was brought up a few months back by councilman excuse me uh commissioner matt schulte nothing why so if you take those four the common sense solution is there must be something more than just oh we're doing everything for the greatest good of lincoln nebraska what we see is far left agenda stuff that frankly most nebraskans and lincolnites would rather have somewhere else i'm not saying you can't do it somewhere else i'm just saying that i don't think that this is the place for it and so yeah somebody tweet me call the show email the show tomorrow this week i don't care tell me why we're still in that and why that is even remotely normal now on the flip side It wouldn't surprise me because there's often a well-thought-out strategy specifically from Democratic thinkers that in this election season, maybe there'll be a press conference that announces that the COVID emergency declaration has gone away and that we're all supposed to cheer and clap our hands And go, yay! It wouldn't surprise me one bit. I don't know if it will happen, but it wouldn't surprise me that Democrats in this city, in this county, would line up to slap themselves on the back for ending the COVID emergency declaration. And I would say, thank you. Why couldn't this have been done four months ago? Two months ago when Matt Schulte brought it up, why couldn't it have been done a long time ago? So I think you have to look deeper at some of these issues and just decide if that's what you like in the city or you don't. That's what I do every day. 1,400, 99.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1,499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, finishing up the show today. Uh, John Barry was on uh, first segment, uh, Barry Law. I gave a breakdown of a couple of thoughts of what I see going on in the city um, to some random Twitter 
person. I don't know who it was. Maybe I'll fi- figure it out later tonight. Um, hey, tomorrow Doug Fitzgerald's going to be in. Uh, be a forty-five minute show. I unfortunately don't know what Doug will have, but I'll tell you this: Kurt Penner. Kurt Penner. There you go. My bad. I did know what Doug was going to have, and that's why I need Johnny Cadillac. Uh, Kurt Penner, State School Board. That ought to be good interview. Um, Kirk is, uh, you know, firm in what he believes, and uh, you know, there's been a lot of press over it. So yeah, that's a great one. Good job, Doug and Kurt. Welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. When you come in tomorrow, um, I have got a soccer game. I've got to get to. I've got young ones that uh, are competing um, in soccer here around the city and those are always fun to go to the hack tournament uh, good rivalry going on tomorrow uh, between Lincoln East and Southwest High Um, so if you're not doing anything, go out to Seacrest and check that out. Um, I will be back Thursday and Friday, abbreviated shows a little bit. Uh, we're going to have some local school board uh, folks on telling us about their candidacy and what they believe. Always enjoy doing that. And then uh, we'll get to the weekend. Hey, folks, the weather is getting there. It is getting there. I know it's going to dip and be a little cold as we go, but um, it was. it's nice to see the trees blooming and uh, Lincoln, you know, kind of getting into its spring i kind of like nothing more than the spring and everything blooming actually i like the fall better but that's only because the wind i think is a little less than these early springs but anyway have a good tuesday and treat doug nice tomorrow and enjoy kirk penner and then we'll have local school board folks on the rest of the week on drive time lincoln 1499.3 klin